Welcome to the Day Before Leadership Podcast. I pray it encourages you to move from surviving to thriving in your leadership. If you enjoy it, make sure you subscribe and share it. Here's today's interview. Pastor LB, how are you? Thank you so much for joining us. I'm good. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm blessed, man. It's such an honor to be with you. Thank you so much for taking the time. Oh, what a privilege. Like, you know, I bring you uh, greetings from the fair city of Charlotte, you know. Uh, I bring you some southern hospitality is what I'm bringing your way. Hey, that's it. Well, Pastor LB, you know, from just knowing you the time I've known you just for a little bit, you're the king of the one-liners. And so, Come on now. I wonder if you could share a few. Give us your top three one-liners and what they mean to you, maybe for a leader who's watching or listening. What do you mean, king of the one-liners? And that's funny. I've been called a lot of things, never the king of anything. And so that makes me smile. You tell me, like, what one-liners have stuck with you? Well, one of the one-liners that you say, uh, I've heard a lot, is the devil can't take your motivation. He'll attack your memory. And I think that's so good. You know, when we become, uh, we become ungrateful when we become forgetful. And so I think that's great. I think also uh, something I love that you say is, you know, your passion is connected to your purpose, not your pace. And I think that's key for a lot of leaders who are watching right now who maybe complain about the pace of ministry. Really, it's, it's because they lost yeah. their passion and their purpose. So those Did I really say those things? Yeah. That's cool. I, hey, anything I said, let me just put a disclaimer up front. I'm sure I probably ripped off my pastor, Pastor Stephen Furley. And so anything good that comes from my mouth is probably something that originated with him that I just regurgitated. It's probably what it was. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you've been married for over 20 years. Uh, you have, I believe, four children. How have, you yeah, been, we got four kids. how have you been so faithful to balance ministry and marriage? You're part of one of the leading churches in the world today, and yet you do such a great job with your family. Oh, man, I don't know. Some days I feel like I'm winning, and some days I feel like I'm losing. And um, I don't know. I think for me over the years of doing this, I've realized I've got to give myself some space for humanity. And realize, like, I can't win everywhere at once. And right now in a world where people feel like, man, I'm not winning in my job because I don't even have a job or I don't know what my job is or my job has changed. To now I got my kids home and we're quarantined together and I like them, but I don't, I love them, but I don't like them some moments. Um, it's created some, some tensions in marriages and you're having these things percolate to the surface that you're wondering, like, man, am I winning anywhere? I would just tell somebody who's, who's maybe I'm a step further along, like you can't win everywhere at once. And you've got to figure out like, what is my scorecard to know if I'm actually winning somewhere? Because how many of us go through a day, David, that we wonder, did I actually do anything? Did I win? That's not one of the worst feelings in the world. And you stack a couple of those days together. Now you've got apathy on your life because I don't feel like I'm making a difference anywhere. I suck as a dad. I screwed it up as a father and can't win as a husband. And and now my job, shoot, I just keep making mistakes. That's a real place, David, isn't it? Yeah, man. That's so key. I think a lot of our leaders are there. Now, what's helped you get out of those moments where you feel those thoughts, things that have that mentality? What's helped you get through that? I've, I've got to create a scoreboard where I know where I'm, I'm winning. Um, I, I did this a couple of years ago. I created, a, I, I created my own scoreboard, you know, because any great leader – wants to know if they're winning you know I, i'll get done with this podcast first question i'll ask you is like did you like it because there's something about feeling someone else's validation it doesn't go away 
it, it still is there. But if that's my only validation I seek, I'll always be tossed about based upon someone's approval or lack thereof. So I got to have something that, that lets me know if I'm winning. I, I created a thing called the Bridesman. Um, it's my own little trophy case. It's, um, it's, it's on my phone. It's, it's an album that when I know that I felt God's pleasure and I did something right for his glory, I walked in obedience, I'll take a picture of it. Capture a snapshot of it. It's nothing that goes on social media. The world never sees it. But when I wonder, am I really winning? I got to open up my trophy case. Not in a narcissistic way, but no, like, God, you used me. I heard you. I walked in obedience. Yes, I, I, I felt your pleasure. Got to create a personal scorecard, David. If you don't have it, you'll always feel like you're not winning. Man, that's so good. I know you you do a great job of keeping, you know, pictures of people you've baptized and cars from Pastor Stephen and just those things to look back on. And so and I think that's so key. Speaking of Pastor Stephen Furtick, not only is he your pastor, he's your friend. And I love just the way that you honor him and speak so highly of him. As you think back to over 15 years of being with Elevation, what what are some of the things that that he's taught you directly or indirectly that has stuck with you over time. I know that's so much. I'm like, where do you start on that? That's like, <laughs> that's, that, that's like a, a seven part mini series. Like that's, that's a lot. Um, and yeah, he, he's my pastor and I, I love my pastor. He's, he's, he's incredible. Um, he's meant, he's meant so much to me. And, you know, I, why God allowed me to sit in this seat, I don't, I don't know. There's probably people who deserve to be in it way more than me. Like, people are smarter, people that are better, people that are, you know, more pedigrees and more qualified in many ways. But you know what? God, God put me in this seat. And for that, I'm just, I'm so grateful. And but to anybody out there that's sitting with a pastor, I, here's one thing I would say to those folks. It's like, I, I've got to realize that. That, that there's a, 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 a vertical relationship and a horizontal relationship. There's a vertical relationship, he's my pastor, but then there's a horizontal relationship with my friend. But what happens for most people when they are in relationship with their senior pastor is they let the friend be the primary relationship and not the pastor. Because here's the thing, David, you know this, when your friend gets on stage and preaches a sermon, you receive it differently than if your pastor gets on stage and preaches the sermon. I wonder how many of us are sitting, because you get real comfortable with your friend. You get real familiar with your friend. And we talk about honor. That's one of the pillars of our ministry is honor. The opposite of honor is not dishonor. It's common and ordinary. And when I let a position in my life become common and ordinary, I've dishonored it. So when my wife's voice carries no more weight than any other person, I've dishonored my wife. When the word of God, when my Bible, these words carry no more weight than the Nicholas Sparks novel, I have dishonored the word of God. When my pastor's voice is, is heard as a friend and not as a pastor, I'm not receiving what God wants me to from it. Oh, man. <laughs> That's so good, Pastor LB. I know, man, that blessed me. I know somebody who's going to watch this or listen to that really does help set somebody free. That's a, that mentality, that perspective is, is life-changing. Well, and so, and here's, here's the thing, David. Like, um, here, here's just humanity. If, if I give you, so if, if, if I put my phone in your hands, David, you're carrying this, okay? 
if this is called an offense, if my hands are full of an offense, I can't receive a blessing. So if you're living in relationship that, that allows offense to be easily carried for a friend, when that person gets on the stage, I'm still carrying the offense and I can't receive a blessing. And I wonder why sometimes my life isn't being blessed. I wonder it's because of private offenses I'm holding on to. And so it's not just like, okay, he's my, it's not a title thing. It's a perception thing. It's a receptivity. It's understanding that one of the ways that God's going to communicate into my life is through the voice of my pastor. Am I hearing it at that frequency? Or have I dialed it down so that it's the same tone as every other person on the planet? So good. What's how, how did you come up with that perspective? Was it always like that? Like, what was the learning point? When did that click for you? When did the light bulb come off for you? Was that just right away or did something happen in your life? Well, I, th I think like anything, there's a progressive revelation to life. It's you gain understanding and insight as you go through something. So when you come to faith, you get the fullness of Christ, but you don't understand in full. You grow over time. That's progressive revelation. And so I think some hallmarks along the journey were where I just came to this point of saying, I will have a lot of friends in my life, but I only have one pastor. So I've got to choose to see, is he my pastor? Or is he my friend? He's, he's both. But for a lot of people, it's hard to navigate those. And because it's hard to navigate those, I'll just reduce it to the lowest one. I think that's a big one. Um, but it's understanding that as I come to hear the word of God, have I become so familiar with his voice and the word that I'm just kind of going through the motions? I think that's another big one. How many of us that are on staff or high level leaders in an organization go through the weekend and never really even hear the sermon? And we think we're serving God because we're using our hands, but we're not letting God penetrate our hearts. Oh, man. Come on. Oh, for somebody who's currently struggling with that right now. They're a second chair leader. They're working alongside of a friend who's also their pastor. They feel themselves in this moment of being dishonorable in private conversation, dishonorable in their thoughts, dishonorable when they get in the car and they drive home from church. What would you speak into their life who are they're in this season right now? Well, it's so important that you don't let, when the Holy Spirit gives you the gift of revelation, you choose not to wear shame. Because, because here, because the Holy Spirit's speaking right now, David, through 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 this podcast, and he's 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 penetrating somebody's heart. But whenever you become aware of something that God wants you to become aware of, what you feel next determines what you do with it. Okay, so if the conviction comes, but shame is the feeling that I put on, all I do is live in shame. I want to tell somebody, please don't feel shame. You weren't doing it because you don't love your pastor. You weren't doing it because you hate the gospel. You weren't doing it because you just didn't give a flip. No, it's the way the world operates. Here's the hardwiring of humanity, David. It's the difference between honor and respect. I got to teach this. Respect is the currency of the world. Respect is something people earn based upon their performance. So, David, you're crushing it. Therefore, you get, you get um, celebrated. The quarterback... Drew Brees is throwing touchdowns. Everybody loves him. He throws some interceptions. Bench the bum. Respect. I treat you the way you treat me, and I treat you the way you perform. That's the way of the world. Honor is the currency of the kingdom. 
Honor is I don't treat you based upon your performance. I treat you based upon your position. Okay. Let me illustrate it. The prodigal son is a story of respect and honor. He goes to his dad, give me my money. I want to go to Vegas and get naked and crazy. Father gives him what he wants. He goes, blows his coin, wakes up broke in a pig pen and realizes I'm better than what I've become. In that culture, that son's name would have never been spoken in his father's presence ever again because he was dead to his dad because of respect. You disrespected your father. So because you perform like that, you are dead. His picture would have been cut out of all the family photos, never been spoken of again. That's respect because of his performance. He wakes up. What's the speech he rehearses, David? Do you remember it? I'm no longer worthy to be called one of your high, to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired slaves. Goes to his dad. His dad sees him in his long distance and dad sprints to him. Why did dad sprint to him? One, because that was his son. Two, he needed to get there ahead of the town elders. In that culture, the town elders would have met the son on the road, taken him behind the woodshed, beat the crap out of him, and never allowed him to come into his father's presence because of the disrespect. But the dad went to him. The first words out of his mouth were, my son, who was dead, is alive. He honored him based upon his, his position, not his performance. When we realize that God treats us according to our position as his son or his daughter, why can I not extend that same level of honor to somebody else? Honor is something I give based upon their position. Respect is something you earn based upon your performance. Which one do we want to be the hallmark of our lives? Two, man, I hope everybody's hearing this. I gotta go back and watch this a few times just to wrap my brain around it. LB, thank you, dropping gems. Oh, well, but it's real though, David, it's this, it's, we're called to be, we're called to be different than the world. But the original sin hardwired us in such a way to treat people with respect. So that is your natural default. That's your natural tendency. So to choose to honor is a choice based upon the Holy Spirit leading you. But when I've been following these patterns of respect for my whole life, I don't change the behavior just because I gave life to, my life to Christ in a moment. I'm saved in a moment, but I'm changed little by little. That's working out our salvation with fear and trembling. So good. When I think of elevation, I think of a multi-ethnic, multicultural church, a church of unity. When you think about sometimes the disunity that we see in America today, what's a word of unity that you would speak to all those who are watching, all the leaders and pastors, uh, something that you've seen happen in elevation? What would you, what yeah. would you speak to those, to those listening about unity? Yeah, um, man, it's such a polarizing time in our world, whether it's uh, politically, economically, um, racially, there's all these divides. And, and in some ways, it seems like the, 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 the cavern gets bigger and the rift pushes the sides further away. And it's easy to have the language of unity, but it's hard to have the lifestyle of unity. The language just uses a word, but the lifestyle, see, you can't have real unity, David, if you don't have a shared experience. And what we're trying to create in the heart of my pastor and our ministry is to actually have conversations where you sit at a table and you hear somebody else's experience and you share their experience. And to listen to your experience, David, doesn't mean that I agree with you. It just means that I love you. 
but we're often known more for what we're against than what we're for. And so we'll let language or terms divide us before we ever actually sit at the table to see what unites us. But until we create the space, David, to share in somebody else's experience, to hear what it was like to be them, rather than tell them that's not real or that didn't happen. Um, but the church has got to be leading on the front today. The word of encouragement I would give people is to look at your intimate table, your real table. Because um, it's easy to sit next to somebody on Sunday morning. But how about Tuesday afternoon? How about Thursday night? How about Monday morning? Um, look at your table. Does it really represent your community? Does it really represent diversity? And until you change that table, we're just shuffling the chairs on something on the uh, at the exterior. And so, so my encouragement is like, man, everybody examine your table. Like, who's at it? And as a white man, I, I realized that I don't know what it's like to have a minority viewpoint of one of my uh, black or brown brothers or sisters. But when I can say, hey, can you share your experience with me? It gives a gift to me that helps me see life through their lens. So good, Pastor LB. Would you mind praying for all the leaders and pastors and people who are watching this on YouTube yeah. and those listening via podcast, would you pray that this wouldn't just be language, but it'd be a lifestyle? Yeah, man. I just, and that's, that's what I want to encourage you with though, David. It's like, this is your lifestyle. You know, when you shared the story about how you just, you know what, God, I'm just going to get in the car and I'm going to drive and turn left. And now I'm just going to be obedient. And now, you know, I'm just going to share my faith at a gym with the guy that I've never met before. And I don't want to, but you did. Why? Because it's small steps. That's what a lifestyle is. A lifestyle is not saying, I'm going to change the rest of my life. A lifestyle is saying the next decision, I'm going to choose to do it a little bit differently. And that's what you've done. That's what you've demonstrated. So I pray that as people are hearing this podcast, not just this episode, but all of them, they would realize like, wow, transformation is a small step. It's not a big thing, but it's a series of small steps. So what is one small step that someone could, could take today? Maybe it's actually realizing like, you know what? I'm going to give somebody marriage counseling right now. The problem in your marriage is because you're respecting your wife and God told you to honor them. So the action step for you would be to go to your wife and say, would you please forgive me? I've been respecting you rather than honoring you. And I've been holding an offense. Would you please forgive me for that? Man, that's that most relational discord happens because of that and then when it comes to racial unity and, and these kinds of things maybe the small step is to realize like my table my intimate table people that i give access to and i choose to seek access in like i need to diversify it it looks way too much like me and so whether we think we're doing good or we think we're doing bad there is a step we can all take and maybe someone would just create a personal scoreboard their own version of a bridesman to say, you know what, I got pictures of when God told me to do something with one of my kids that I didn't want to because I thought I was too busy and I got to get work done. But I felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit and I went and did it. And I felt God's pleasure because I walked in obedience. It was a small thing. My kids will never know it, but I will. But I had to take a picture of it because on the days where I feel like I'm failing as a father, I got to go back to a scoreboard that says you won then and you can win again. That's what I'm talking. Does that make sense at all, David? Absolutely. Before I pray, I know you asked me to pray, but no, absolutely. That is, uh, you got me, you got me. Uh, whew, man, just thank you, man. Thank you so much, Pastor LB. It's 
man. Life changing. Because I just, there's too many people listening to this podcast who feel like God's forgotten you and you're not winning. And I want to tell you that you are. God's not forgotten you. Your best days are not behind you. And I truly believe that, that, that when you can't see it around you, you got to close your eyes and you got to find it within you. That's why I'm glad you're doing this. Thank you for doing this podcast. Thank you for being a source of hope for people um, to find something because man, when the famine happens, people are going to look for somebody who's got some food stored up so they can eat something. That's what this is. And there's a famine in the land, but it's the weird part about ministry. How am I supposed to feed somebody else when I'm hungry? Like, yep. Welcome to faith. It's a tension you live in. I'm struggling. How can I help people who are struggling? Yep. Welcome to faith. I'm a sheep and I'm a shepherd at the same time, David. And so, man, I'd love to pray for, for anybody out there that's feeling like, man, I'm not enough or I don't have what it takes. You are. You, you are exactly the husband that, that that wife needs. You're exactly the mom that those kids needs. You're exactly the pastor that that congregation needs. And so, Father, I bind my faith with my friend David, and we declare blessing over your sons and daughters. We ask that you would expose the lies of the evil one, and you would give strength to your, to your royal priesthood, your holy nation, your, your chosen vessels, your ambassadors of the good news of Jesus. Give them strength to just become aware and to take one small step. We can't accomplish everything in a moment, but we can become aware of something. And take one small step, whether it's in the area of a marriage or a relationship with a child, relationship with a pastor, whatever it might be, Lord, you've already spoken to their spirits. You've spoken to their hearts. Now give them the courage to walk out a very small step. It might seem small to the world and the world might not even notice. But God, we declare those series of small steps will bring about a result for your glory that only you could accomplish. Thank you that no one's going to stumble across this stream by mistake or by coincidence, but it's by divine appointment. And as they finish this podcast, I pray that they would not let shame seep into their life. I pray that they would not accept the shadow of guilt over their life any longer. May we look to you, the light, the hope that is the name, the person of Jesus Christ. We honor you. We give you glory in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor LB. It's an honor. Thanks for spending. Thanks for having me on. It was a joy being with you today.